Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're thankful, God. We're grateful this morning. We're grateful this morning. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Come on, give Jesus some praise this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We're going to go ahead and continue with our sermon series, Table Talk. And for those that weren't here last week, uh, we gave uh, a message about our four cu- of the four cups. And we say our four cups because that is part of our vision. And uh, part of our vision is to connect people to God, to create disciples, and uh, to care for the world. And the way we are able to care for the world is by finding out our purpose, finding out our calling. Today, we're going to be talking about the joy of generosity. Everybody say that. The joy of generosity. And we're going to go from, to, uh, Proverbs, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be generous. Amen. Verse 6, it says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Well, that makes sense, right? The more you put into the ground, the more you're going to get back. Verse 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a what? A person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8 says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they they, they share freely and give generously to the poor. They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, it continues to say this. It says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. Guess who the farmer is? We are. And then bread to eat. And guess who's eating? We are. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be what? Generous. So when God blesses you, there's a reason for that, right? And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank who? You? No, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The, need, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem or the needs of the believers anywhere, right? In Orlando, in Pine Hills, in Chicago, anywhere we send those, they will joyfully express thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them. And to all believers will will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you uh, with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, two wonderful words. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. And I pray, Father God, that you would just open up the windows of heaven this morning and pour out a blessing over us, over every single person in this place. I pray, God, that you would speak through me. God, think through me, Father God. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. Amen. One more scripture, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It says this, and this is, this is a powerful, word, powerful, powerful verse. This is from the Message Bible. Um, maybe you guys could read it with me. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Verse 25, and the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? very powerful. What is this letting us know? If you read anything throughout the entire Bible, the Word of God always proclaims generosity. Everybody say generosity. 
Generosity isn't only for those that have money, that are rich, that are wealthy. If you look at the Bible, generosity is for every single one of us. And the reason why we should have a generous heart, and I'm not only talking financially, but I am talking financially. The reason why we should have a generous heart is because our Heavenly Father is a generous God. And we know this by one of the most famous scriptures, John 3.16, where he says, For the Lord gave His only begotten Son. Right? We see that Jesus, that God the Father gave Jesus for us. That's such great generosity. That's such great generosity. And we constantly see, through even through the scriptures that we just read, that God's heart for us is never just to take. Whenever God asks us for something from us, it is always to give back in greater measure than what we gave. Somebody said this, you cannot outgive God. I'll say that again. You cannot outgive God. Whatever you give to God, he will multiply it right back to you. If you give your time to God, God will give you more time. If you give your finances to God, he will give you opportunities to stretch your money and even sometimes give you even more money. Why? Because God is a God that is a generous God. Can somebody say amen? So many times the reason why we're not generous is because we are in survival mode. Can somebody say amen to that? I've been there. I've been in a place where I've been in survival mode. In fact, most of us fall into four different categories. How many want to know those four different categories this morning? The first one is you are in the category of survival. Some of you are be like, man, I wish I could give. I just don't have enough. I'm living paycheck by paycheck. I don't even have a job right now. I've been looking for a job and I can't get one. You are in survival mode. You are just trying to survive. My friend, let me just tell you something. That is not God's will for your life. It is not God's will for us just to survive. Can somebody say amen? amen. He don't want us to live paycheck by paycheck. I mean, if you read the verse... Like I read the verse this morning, you can tell that God, that's not God's heart. God's heart is so that we could have enough so that we can generously give whenever he asks us to give. But the reason why some of us are in survival mode is because maybe you haven't been a good steward of what God has already given you. And you know what? I found this true to be true in my own life. It's not that God's not providing for me. It's that I'm not using what God has already provided for me correctly. Right? You get an extra subscription, right? Because you want to see that show. You want to get stars, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, all that stuff, right? But when you're broke, how I many you know sometimes you probably could put that entertainment away, right, for a few months so that you can have enough so that you are not in survival mode. You know, another reason why we are in survival mode is because we don't budget. Everybody say budget. For some of us, that's a cuss word, right? We don't budget, right? We just like going to places and swiping the car. And I'm going to tell you this, I feel you on that because in my family, I'm the spender. My wife is the saver. You know what I mean? My wife could survive not watching TV. She could survive getting the very minimum. Me, I like spending money. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I have to learn to discipline myself and budget. If I can't get something, I just can't get it. And so many times, the reason why we are in a bad situation financially is because we don't have the discipline to budget our money. Can somebody say amen? You know, there's another reason why we don't why we're in survival mode is because we don't work consistently. Everybody say work. Work is a good word. Work is a biblical word. Do you know that before God gave Adam, Eve, what was he doing before he was doing that? He was working. Some of us, some, some people say, oh, work is the result of the curse. When everybody fell and Adam and Eve fell, oh, we had to work now. No, my friend, Adam and Eve, or Adam, was working way before he messed up. 
which lets us know that work is God's plan. It's a good word. And let me tell you this, the reason why some of us, we are in survival mode is because we work, but we don't work consistently. And what does that mean? That means sometimes we don't have the character to get to work on time. And if we get to work late, we leave early. Come on, how many of you know no boss is going to like that? You keep on calling off, right? Because you have a little sniffle, you call off. You know what I mean? But listen, if you continuously do that, guess what? You are going to stay in survival mode, right? And I know exactly how that feels. I've been there. There was a time in my life where me and my wife combined made $14,000 in a year. That ain't nothing, and I have my son already. That's nothing. You can't, you can't really survive in that. We were in survival mode. But well, everything that I'm telling you today, I've learned to be true because I've practiced it. I know what it is to be in survival mode, and I know what it is to listen to the principles in God's word, and God take me out of that situation. Can somebody say amen? So that's why some of us, you know, we're in survival mode. You know, the last thing that I want to mention, the reason why we stay in survival mode is because we buy stuff that we don't need. And some of us, we just buy everything brand new. Right? We buy everything brand new. You know, you don't have to buy everything brand new. Especially if you have like a toddler. There's no reason for you to buy everything new for a toddler because in three months, they're not even going to fit in the clothes. You know what I mean? Some of us were embarrassed to take hand-me-downs. I used to take hand-me-downs for, for years. There was a point that I walked inside of my living room one day and everything inside of my living room was given to me. My TV was given to me. My couch was given to me. My dog was given to me. You know what I mean? My kids were given to me, but that's a different story, right? <laughs> everything was given to me. I didn't buy anything in the living room. But guess what? And I don't say this to boast. Me and my wife have, have, have been able to own a rental property with three different apartments to the point where we, we lived in it and we never had to pay mortgage not one time. We didn't have to pay our light bill not one time. Why? Because God provided the income from the tenants and we were able to live in that apartment that we, we, we owned absolutely for free. And everything that we had in our living room and even in our kitchen was given to us. Right? And then after that, we were able to buy another house. And most of the stuff inside of that house was given to us. Right? So it's a status mindset, right? That's the second reason why, uh, that's the second category that we find ourselves. Some of us were in survival mode. The other one, we have a good consistent job, but what, we spend our money in having status. We like to have a nice car. Nothing wrong with a nice car unless it puts you back into survival mode, right? There's nothing wrong with having a nice apartment unless that apartment puts you in survival mode. And the reason most of us, we buy the name brand, nothing wrong with name brand. I like Jordans. I like Nikes. I like all of that stuff. But if getting those things takes away from the blessing that God has given you, my friend, the status is not worth it. Can somebody say amen? Somebody said this. Rick Warren said this. He says, it is foolish to buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. I'll say that again. He says, it is foolish to buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. We've all been there, right? We see somebody in our family or one of our friends buy a brand new house, and we say, man, I want, I want that. We start feeling the, the, the challenge of doing better. Why? Because of somebody else. Oh, my friend, there's nothing wrong with wanting more and better. But my friend, the Bible says this, that godliness with contentment is great gain. I'll say that again. Godliness, living right with God and contentment, being satisfied where God has you right now 
is great gain because how many of you know when we start comparing our lives with everybody else, that's when anxiety kicks in. That's when worry starts kicking in. That's why that's when we, we start hating on people when we shouldn't be hating. No, my friend, you should have a godly life and be content where God has you until he blesses you with more. Because it's God's plan to bless you with more. It's God's heart to bless you with more. What we ought to do when we see somebody being in a place that we want to be, we need to celebrate them. We need to send out a text and celebrate their, 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 their gaining, whether it's a house, a new car, whatever it is, a promotion. You celebrate that person. You know what begins to happen? You begin to move towards your goals. You begin to move towards getting your own house, getting your brand new car, getting your own apartment. Can somebody say amen? That's God's heart. That's God's plan. Amen? It's totally, it's totally okay to have status. It's totally okay to have a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood. That's what God wants. But it's not okay for those things to have you. It's not okay for that to happen. What good is it that you have a beautiful house and you live in a beautiful neighborhood and your kids go to great schools and you have the car that you want and all that stuff, but yet you lose your soul. You lose your peace. You're anxious all the time because you're trying to pay the bill. Right? That's not God's plan. That's not God's heart for us. The Bible says that God gives us wealth with no sorrow behind it. There's a lot of people today that have a whole bunch of wealth and they're depressed. There's a lot of people today, you can drive by their home and be like, oh my God, that's such a beautiful home. But we don't see the condition of that person's heart. If their heart is not for God, my friend, most likely there is sorrow attached to that wealth. Oh, but Jesus says, hey, listen, if you do it my way, if you do it the kingdom's way, there is wealth, there is richness, richness with no sorrow attached to it. Somebody say amen. The third category that we find ourselves in is that we live in a place of freedom. We're able to go to any, any neighborhood, right? Most of us want to get there, right? To a place of freedom. You want to go to a neighborhood, you could do it. Why? Because you have financial means to do it. You want to move to this neighborhood, why? Because your kids should go to a really good school and that's where the good schools are at. You should be able to go to that place. And the reason why we make money and we work extra hours is because we want freedom. Everybody say freedom. But again, I tell you, if you are living in freedom out of the purposes of God, my friend, sooner or later, that freedom is going to turn into bondage. Sooner or later, that freedom of making all that money, and there's nothing wrong with working extra hours, and there's nothing wrong with working overtime, as long as it doesn't keep you away from God's purpose. There's nothing wrong with having multiple jobs. There's nothing wrong with working hard. That's not the thing. The thing is, is that is you're working hard for freedom turning into bondage. Because it can. It could turn where you begin to serve money rather than God. You begin to serve entertainment, right? Because most of the time, if you're not in it to, to gain something financially, get a house, car, you want it for entertainment, right? Because we like having fun. There's nothing wrong with having fun until entertainment becomes your God. And now all that hard work turned your heart away from God. Right? And because we live in a world that hard work is praised, and God praises hard work, but the way the world uh, praises hard work is, hey, do whatever you need to do, even if you have to stop doing what God wants you to do for a season. It always says a season, but how many of you know that a season turns into years, and then years turn into a decade, and then you find yourself at 65, 70, year, 70 years old, having all the material gain and no purpose for God. While all along, you could have had all the material stuff and the purpose of God. You could have had everything you wanted materially in the world because God is not trying to keep us from that and in the will of God. Can somebody say amen? But the last category that people find themselves in is, is purpose. Everybody say purpose. Right? 
And this is where you can, you can have the beautiful house and live in a great neighborhood and have a nice car, right? And still be in the purposes of God. You are still faithful to the local church. You are still teaching your children the ways of the Lord. You are not compromising your walk with God to get wealth. You're not compromising your walk with God to get something in this world. John 10, 10. We've read this a million times probably. I heard it a million times and read it several times here in the church. But it says this, the, thie the, the, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But look what Jesus says. My purpose is to, is to give it to them, and to give them a rich and satisfying life. You know, we don't hear that often, right, in church? We hear that, oh, you need to give and give and give and give. Absolutely, you give, but this is the return, my friend. The return on your investment is that he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. That doesn't mean everything is going to be perfect. That doesn't mean everything is going to fall in line. Oh, but at the end of the day, when you look back, you're going to say, man, I lived a rich and satisfying life. Why? Because I did it the way God told me to do it according to his word. God wants to bless us. I ask Jesus to make me a millionaire all the time. God, make me a millionaire. But it, it, it's not because I'm in survival mode. Praise God, I'm not in survival mode. It's not for status. I don't want status. I could stay in the apartment that I'm in right now, right, and be a millionaire. I mean, if I become a millionaire, I'd probably buy a house in the neighborhood, but you know what I'm saying? It might not be that big, but... I'm still saying, but I don't want to be a millionaire for status. I don't want to be a millionaire because I'm trying to get out of being in survival. No, I want to do it because I want purpose. I want to be at a place, if somebody needs an apartment, I have the means to pay for the rent for three, four, five, six months, and it doesn't hurt me not one bit. Come on, somebody. There's been people, man, that are homeless, and they're good people, and they have they have, they have, it's just a rough time inside of their life. What good is it to say God bless you when you can have the means to put them up in an apartment? Let me tell you something. You can put them in an apartment and pay for the rent. I promise you they'll feel the love of God. And God wants to put you guys in that place. He's not trying to take more money from you. He wants to put you in a place where you're able to give with purpose. You're able to minister to people's lives. Why? Because God has richly blessed you. He wants to give you that rich and satisfying life. Let me tell you something. It's great to walk inside of a beautiful house in a great neighborhood. But let me tell you what's really going to satisfy you when you have the means to help those that don't have that much. And you're able to go inside of your bank and give and give and give. And it doesn't hurt you now one bit. Not one bit. That is when you begin to live a satisfying life. That is when you're able to live a life that is impactful. Can somebody say amen? I don't know about you, but I want to live that kind of life. I want to live that kind of life. I want to live the kind of life that I can minister through my generosity. That's why the sermon today is called the joy of generosity. So many times... When we are giving, it's not a joy. We're like, man, I need this for this bill. And sometimes we have to give like that, right? Because we're being obedient. And through our obedience, God will bless. But what will happen if we continue to give and we give sacrificially? And that will open up the windows of heaven over our lives where not only are we blessed, but everybody around us is blessed. Can somebody say amen to that? So here's the joy of generosity. Number one, this is what giving does. And again, I'm not talking only financially. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your skills. I'm talking about your spiritual gifts, right? And I'm talking about your money. But look what it does. Our giving will bless and inspire other people. Our giving will bless and inspire other people. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. It says this. He says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving. Everybody say ministry of giving. For the believers in Jerusalem. He says, I really don't need to write this to you about the ministry 
of giving. Let me just tell you, everybody has that ministry. You're a minister of the gospel. You know what your ministry is? Part of your ministry is, go, is having the ministry of giving. The ministry of, God, uh, uh, of giving. Verse 2, it says, For I know how eager you are to help. Do you know what? Can you imagine what would happen if our church will be eager to give? Do you know what would happen if our church was eager to give of their time, of their talents? of their gifts, and their finances. He says, for I know how eager you are to help, and I've been boasting to the churches of Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. You know what begins to happen when we begin to give? All of a sudden, people are going to begin to see the results of the blessing of God upon your life. I've always told people, hey, listen, when you do the word of God, it doesn't matter who mocks you. Sooner or later, the Bible says God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, that which you, also, you will also reap. The Bible already says God is not going to be mocked. You know how many stories I've heard of people saying, you know, my brother and my sister is mocking me because I'm giving to the Lord. And now they have an amazing job. Now they have an amazing amount of money. Why? Because they were faithful to God. God will not be mocked. And you know what those same family members most of the time say? Hey, I was wrong to tell you to give to God. And you know what begins to happen? In their mind, they get inspired. In their mind, they get blessed. Why? Because they see the blessing of God upon your life. They see the blessing of God on your obedience. Can somebody say amen? It says this, Paul mentions this, I wrote this down, that our giving is a form of ministry. It's a form of ministry. Some of you, God is going to bless you so much that the reason why he's blessing you with so much is so that you have the ability to give so much. And your giving will reach so many people for God. And it's all because you have the ability to gain wealth. You know how many people get blessed because of your giving this morning? And we're a smaller church, right? But our giving this morning, and I calculated it this morning, we have given over 500 food boxes just this year to commute to people all along this community. 500 boxes of food. Can you imagine that? It's just a small little church like this. And, let's, and that's because... And watch this, that is not even with all you giving your full potential, giving your full potential of finances and talents and all that stuff. That is with us just giving a portion. Can you imagine the impact that we can make if we gave everything that God told us to give? Can you imagine how many more people we can feed? Can you imagine how many more people will get saved? Can you imagine how many more people that are sick will be healed? Can you imagine the blessing that will come upon your life if we continue to do that? The second thing, the joy of generosity, what happens is our giving will bless you. Turn to your neighbor and says, hey, God, God wants to bless you. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Proverbs eleven twenty four, And this is so powerful. Look what it says. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. That's the word of God, y'all. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. God wants us to give. And the Bible says this, hey, if you continue to give, it's a matter of time before I bless you. And it's not only financially, but it does include financially. But it includes mentally. It includes spiritually it includes physically it includes favor upon your life can somebody say amen i don't know about you but i want that in my life how many want that this morning look what malachi chapter 3 verse 10 if you've been in church for any amount of time you've read this before and you heard this before but when i was studying this this week god really showed me something look what verse 10 says it says bring all the tithes into the storehouse 
What's the storehouse? The storehouse is what? The church. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. Everybody say food. You know, back in the day, uh, the church used to be the people that would give out the food. Right? And so when he says, hey, give, give to the temple so that there will be food in my house, that means literal food back then. But how many know we received bread this morning spiritually? And how many know the Bible says this, that Jesus is what? The bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And sometimes our obedience of giving, whether it's our money, talent, whatever it is, it's correlated with our relationship with God. And so many of us, we don't hear the Lord speaking to us. It's because we haven't been obedient with our generosity. Can somebody say amen? We haven't been obedient to the presence of God. The other thing is that the bread of heaven is the word of God. So many times we come here and we don't hear the voice of God speaking through the message because perhaps we haven't been faithful with our generosity. But look what it continues to say. So let's go back. It says, if you do, says the Lord of, he uh, of the heavens, I, mean, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. And look, this is the only time God says this. Put me to the test. He says, that's the only time God ever says that in scripture. He says, listen, if you don't believe me, put me to the test. Trust me on this, he's saying. He said, what I'm saying right now, if you trust me with giving of your finances, your talents, your time, anything that I'm asking you to give, he says, put me to the test and see that I will now open up the windows of heaven. Another translation says the floodgates would open up to you. The floodgates of financial blessing, the floodgates of healing, the floodgates of prosperity in every area of your life. He says, I will pour out a blessing so great. You won't even have room for it. That's a big promise, man. That's what God wants us as a church, and that's what God wants you individually. He wants you so blessed, you have to give it away. Can you imagine that? You are so blessed. You have so many cars. You can give one of those away. You have so many properties. You can give one of those away. You have so much money. You can give some of those away. You have so many businesses. You can give one of those away. That is God's heart for us. We got so many people that we have to open up another campus somewhere else. That's God's plan. We got so many pastors that we have to open up churches in Orlando. We have to open up churches in Tampa. We have to open up churches all over the United States and all over the world. Why? Because that is God's plan is to open up the floodgates over this church, over your life. That's God's heart. It's God's plan for you not only to prophesy to your family, but to prophesy to the nations. It's God's plan for not only for you to preach in a small group, even though that's a great place to start and it's great to be faithful in that area, but God wants you to preach to the nations. That is God's plan. But you've got to be faithful for where you're at right now. Can somebody say amen? Number three, God brings, giving brings glory to God. Giving brings glory to God. says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. It says, uh, it says, two good things will result from this ministry of giving. I love that he continues to say that. From this ministry of giving. Because you're ministering to people while you give. When you come, when you come for Hope Fest, and you're giving book bags away, to you it's just a book bag. To the person you're giving it to, to is so much more than that. For those that come every second Saturday of the month and you give out a food box and you just talk to people, for you it's just a food box. For you it's just a regular conversation. But some of those people that walk in here, they go back inside of their car and they most likely begin to break down and cry because they didn't know where the next meal was going to come. 
the ministry of giving. The ministry of giving. He says two things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And then it says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. That's what Paul says. He says, thank God for this wonderful gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. To give to those that are hurting. It's a gift. It's a ministry that God has given us. This morning, I want to throw out a challenge based on that scripture where he says, test me now in this. And I really believe that some of you, as you start doing this, God is going to bless you. Like I mentioned before, the reason why some of us are struggling financially is because we're not being good stewards of the money that God has given you. You rather buy expensive clothes. You rather buy and spend it on stuff you don't need. And God is providing for you. You're just wasting it on stuff you don't need. And can you imagine if we start being good stewards? Can you imagine what would happen if we actually start giving the finances the way we're supposed to, the blessing that will come upon your life? The blessing that will come upon your life. So many of us, and I've been there, where I'm blaming God for not blessing me. And God is saying, no, I am blessing you. You're just not taking care of what I gave you. You're just not taking care of it. Amen? So this is the challenge. And this is up to you. You don't have to do it. I'm not even going to pressure you to do it. Throwing it up there. Throwing it out there, I mean. In this church, I want to throw out a 90-day challenge. Everybody say 90-day challenge. Of you giving your tithes and your offerings to the Lord for 90 days. And watch this. The Lord already said it. If he does not bless you, don't give. After 90 days, stop giving. If he does not bless you. If you don't feel more peace inside of your life. If you don't, God doesn't open up the doors for you and give you a good job that's able to meet your needs. Stop giving. 90 days. I've been doing this, I mean, for years, 20 years. And I went to 14,000 a year to owning my own property. I've owned two properties. My cars are all paid off. I don't owe anything on my cars. And yes, sometimes they break down, but guess what? I have the means to fix it. I have the ability to fix it. God never wants us to be in a place where we don't have those means. He wants to bless you. Again, you don't have to do it. And if you don't have to feel embarrassed, you don't have to stop coming to church, it's okay. If you don't want to do it, that's all good. You don't have to. But let me implore you, whatever God gives you, and this is only income. The Bible teaches this, that only the income that God gives you. God is not going to ask you for a million dollars when you're making $10,000. He's not going to do that. That's why the Bible doesn't say, hey, give this amount. He gives a percentage. He says a tithe is 10%. Right? Every one of us can give 10%. You give, if you got paid $10 today, you give a dollar to God. He says that dollar will begin to activate the windows of heaven over your life. That one dollar. If somebody gave you a dollar today, you give 10, 10 cents. That's all God's asking for. Because guess what? If you can't be faithful with the little, God will never give you more. If you can't give when somebody pays you $100, you will not give when somebody gives you $100,000. And then he says this, if you don't believe me, test me. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. He says, test me. He says, put me to the test. Can you imagine God standing right in front of you and he's saying, listen, if you do this, it's not about your money. I don't, God doesn't need our money. You know what he needs? He needs our obedience. And it's not so that you can bless him. It's so that he can bless you. It's so that he can bless me. 
Now I know this is going to be difficult for some of us, right? It was difficult for me. And I understand if you don't want to get 10%, you want to start with five, by all means, do whatever God wants you to do. This is not between me and you. This is not about be between you turn and you. This is between God and you. And if you feel the relief not to give, by all means, don't give. Don't give. It's okay. But I implore you, I've seen the blessing of God upon my life. And everything hasn't been perfect. Just want to throw that out there. But I've seen the blessing of God upon my life, upon my children. And the same blessing could even be greater upon your life. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Now, I say, you say, Pastor, what if I can't give 10%? Give something. Again, you don't have to give anything. Give something. You know, again, this is not a, we're not trying to collect money. We have a budget already set out for the whole next year. We already have that. We have our rent paid already by the grace of God for the next year. We have a budget to do outreaches for the next year. And part of that, that's because of your giving. Right? Really, this is all because I'm trying to be faithful to the word of God and what it teaches. I've seen it. Right? We should give praise to God for giving us a budget already. Amen. What would it look like if God did the same thing for you, though? You don't have to worry about the rent for a whole year. You don't have to worry about it. The principles that I'm giving you, God can put you there. It's not going to be overnight. Because you know what God looks for? He looks for faithfulness. He looks for consistency. When it's hard, and it will get hard, my friend, it's going to get hard to give to the Lord. But if you stay consistent, God has never failed. God has never failed. Even when it feels like he's not going to come through, he comes through. I don't know. I've been in places where I felt like, man, I, I need this, but I can't afford it. And when I get to the store, the thing is on sale. Right? How many have ever been there? Some of you think, oh, oh, that's luck. That ain't luck, my friend. That's an open heaven over your life. That's the blessing of God. There was one time I went, and my, my wife saw literally a nail in the tire. We just got these, these tires. And at that point, financially, it was tight. We went to Sam's Club to get it, to get it fixed, and it was going to cost us, I think, some money. And then when we came back, he says, I don't know what, what nail you saw there, but there was no nail when I saw it. And my wife was like, no, there's a nail there. There's a nail. And she went there, and they wet it. They put the little soap. They do what they do, and there was no nail there. You know what that is? We could say, oh, that was a coincidence. No, my friend. That was an angel of God took that nail out and fixed my tire. That's what I believe. And that keeps on happening over and over. There's been times where I received checks in the mail. I have no reason why that check came in. The insurance that I paid over. Whatever, whatever it was. My wife could tell you stories. There was one time in our wedding that our family, they, they paid to get over there and, and honor us, right? And we appreciated it to be a part of our wedding. Every single one of them got their money all back, right? Because there was a, a, a discrepancy, and, they, and, and the, the company said, hey, we're going to give everybody their check back. My sister-in-law's back there. She knows. You could say, oh, that's a coincidence. That's not a coincidence, my friend. That is God being faithful to his word. That he says, when I bless you, I'm not only going to bless you. It's going to be so great that everybody around you is going to get blessed. Your family is going to get blessed. Your children will be blessed. You will be blessed. Not only financially, but spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. God's open heaven will be over your life. Will there be seasons where the enemy's going to lie and things are going to get tight? Absolutely. But stay faithful to his word. And he will open up the floodgates. He will, because there's going to be times you're not going to need money. There's going to be times you're going to need peace. And when you need peace, peace is a lot more valuable than money at that point. 
There's going to be times that you're going to go through a lot of stuff because of life happens and the enemy's attacking you and maybe a bad decision that you have made. But at that moment, you're going to see the faithfulness of God and you might have a great job and you might have money. But at that moment, you know what you need? You need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's what an open heaven does. It's not only financially, my friend. It's everything in between. It's a satisfying a life where God is with you, even in the hardest season. If you want that, I want you to lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for every single person that's here today. Lord, Lord, you know every single person's situation. And Lord God, I know that not everybody has the means, God, to give, and that's okay. Not everybody has a job, and that's okay. But I pray, Father God, that as they're faithful to you, God, and you will bless them abundantly. You said, Father God, to test you. That's what you said. You said, test me now in this. Test me now in this and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it. You also said, God, that you will rebuke the devourer on our behalf. That thing that is taking our blessing, that thing that is keeping us from that blessing. That could be a person, place, or thing. I pray you said, your word says that as we begin to give, that you would rebuke it. We won't even have to open up our mouths to do it, God. You would do it on our behalf. I pray in the name of Jesus that as people put you to the test this morning and throughout these 90 days for those that are taking the talent, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will show yourself faithful not for this church's namesake, not for my namesake, but for your name's sake, Father God, that you will bless your people. And as a result, God, that testimonies will just keep on rolling in, God, of the blessings that you are pouring out on your people, that people will get saved, that people will get healed, that those that would mock, God, those that are giving towards you, that they will begin to see that you are a good father. That you are a good God. Father, we love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Again, I'm going to throw this out. Keep on playing the music. Again, there's challenges for those of you who want to do it. No pressure. If you, if you feel like you're not financially ready to do it, don't feel guilty. It's okay. I've been there too. Right? But God's telling you, hey, put me to the test. And in actuality, God's saying that to all of us, right? Because that's his word. Put me to the test. See that I won't open up the windows. And some of you are already blessed. Let me just throw this in there. He says, oh, nothing compares to what I can do. Y'all think you're blessed now. Just put me to the test. Just my personal experience, God always aces his test. He never fails. So we're going to go ahead and continue our worship with our giving this morning. Again, when I was talking about generosity, I'm, on, I'm not only talking about financially. I'm talking about you serving. I'm talking about using your skills, your gifting. I'm talking about all that. But I am also talking about financially. Amen. We need people to serve in you kids. We need people to serve as ushers. We need people to serve at the cafe. That little cafe is humble right now, but it will get better. Amen. We need people to serve. Just give of yourself. And some of this stuff is so easy. Give of yourself. That's what I mean. The joy of generosity. Amen. But right now we're talking about money. And so if you want to give, uh, you can go to myyouthinorlando.com. If you give through your phone, you'll see the icons on the bottom. You'll see a dollar sign. You can go ahead and click on that. Also, you'll see the give sign all the way on the top. Click on that, and it'll take you to the site. You can text GIVE to 833-593-1454. And um, also, if you want to give through cash or check, uh, the envelope is there. And uh, you can put it in there. The usher will be in the back. Amen? Amen. It's okay to talk about giving here, right? Right? That's the word of God. I don't want I don't want to say something. And by the way, I'm not afraid to talk about giving because I've seen the results in my own life. 
There's, there's some passages that I know that are afraid to, to ask because their congregation is poor. But the only way out of your poverty, my friend, is to give yourself out of it. And not giving to whoever you want. Giving to God. Because he's the only one that can take us out. He's the only one that can take us out. Amen? And so in our church, we'll, we'll continue to talk about generosity. And every year, we're going to pick up what we call a legacy offering. Amen? This year is that 90-day challenge where you, you guys give consistently to the work of God. If you don't have a job, obviously you don't have no money to give. So don't worry about that. But you can pray, God, I'll, if you give me a job, I'll give faithfully to you. So I want to emphasize this. He says, test me. Test me now in this. And see. Because that means it's going to be materialized. So text give to 833-593-1454. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Next week is going to be a fun, fun Sunday. It's going to be Friendsgiving. Come on, how many excited for that? We're going to have some very, very good food. Amen. We're going to be meeting right inside of the YouTube. So we're going to have a very small like worship. My wife is probably going to sing one or two songs. I'm going to share about everything that God has done thus far in our church. Amen. And then we're going to grub. Amen. We're going to have some food. You guys are going to bring some of your delicious food and all that stuff. And so we're going to be having our own Thanksgiving before the th- This is free Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. Amen. So let's pray. And then um, I'll see you guys next week. Amen. So, Father, I thank you, God, for every person that is giving today. And I pray, God, as your word says, God, open up the windows of heaven. God, give them jobs. Give them promotions. God, I pray for miraculous money to come, God. Inheritances to come, Father God. From family members they never even met, God. I pray that that would happen, God. And let that be, God, you speaking to them, saying, God, that you are opening up the windows of heaven over their life. I pray, God, not not only for them, but I pray that you will bless their children. God, I pray that you will bless them with their grades. Bless them with favor with teachers, God. Bless them, God. God, if some that want to play basketball or stuff like that, I pray that you would open up the windows of heaven over their life, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We all say amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. See you guys next week. Love you guys. Somebody praying here, put on some worship music. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.